guys, welcome to Reclaiming Filipino Identity. My name is Chachi and today on episode 12, here with me today is an active member of Anakbayan Hawaii, Clarissa Rago. Today she will be sharing her story as a Filipino American in Hawaii and I can't wait for you guys to listen to her. So without further ado, let me begin the rest of the podcast. Hi, Clarissa. Okay, hello. Sorry, everyone. My name is Clarissa Rago. Um, I'm 22 years old. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm currently attending the University of Hawaii at Manoa. I'm an ethnic studies major. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a second generation Filipino. Parent, or is it um, emigrated? Immigrated in the 80s? And yeah, and then they had me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm an only child. Oh, only child. Wow. Um, do you have a gender pronoun you go by? Um, I use she, they. Um, uh, yeah, not he. I went to all girls Catholic school, so I I prefer she. How was that going into from private school to public school? I'd say it was pretty good. I guess it definitely like breaks you out of like your comfort zone because you're interacting with like so many different kinds of people not just like girls but like guys and girls mm-hmm. like both genders so yeah yeah so background story i met clarissa through a mental health workshop that was provided by Fograd, and we didn't really get to one-on-one talk but we just saw each other from across the room and so yeah actually this is actually the first time i'm talking to you like yeah. i'm not on live stream so i'm just like it's it's nice to hear um a little bit about yourself yeah yeah so i first found out about anak bayan my peer um jermaine um she's also on like just an officer with me for um the hawaii chapter i think like for me, identifying or like reclaiming my Filipino identity really started when college. When I went to Sacred Heart, like I had Filipino classmates, and like then I guess I always felt like an outlier because I didn't come from Filipino like populated, populous, dense places. Like how like people would stereotype like where Filipinos would be located. I guess like Kalihi or Waipahu or whatever. So I don't know. Even my um, advisor was like I noticed like there was she treated me differently and I even remember her asking me like are you a Lacano and I was like no and then and then yeah and I was just like from then on it was like always like oh okay different like there it was made that like distinction so mm-hmm. when I got to college um I actually started off as like an engineering major and then um yeah, I just, like, was not finding any like, representation as, like, a Filipino. And, I I mean, it's not really that important, but to, as a woman, you know, mm-hmm. like, first off as, like, a girl, like, in such a male-dominated field and in STEM, I was noticing, like, because, like, a girl, like, people didn't, like, treat me, like, as their equal, so I was, yeah, like, yeah. kind of getting annoyed with that, and there's a lot of misogyny I, I faced, even, like, with certain, like, socializing things, like, within college, so I was just, like, I don't know if, like, this is really, like, what I want to go through, 
to as like my profession so I kind of just like branched off from that even though like there were other Filipinos around me I guess like what we bonded over because we were in such like a a very structured setting being like Catholic and all girls and all of that was like we didn't like that we were Filipino I mean I I liked it but there were just certain aspects I guess favorable like like the accent or like the food or I don't know there was just this othering of like being Filipino that I experienced in high school so I was the classes that I'm taking and like unpacking like the colonization and like the influence of religion I think I think it's more so for my own self but also like mm-hmm. reconnecting you know like there's only so much like I can like learn um mm-hmm. through like the textbooks and the studies and like of like western studies of like the Philippines and of course we look at it at a, a crit- and critique it in ethnic studies mm-hmm. but at the same I would time say so for my own self and finding out who I with my identity because my mom is very I would say she's very religious she, she always a- asked me to go to church with her um but then she always also always tells me that my grandma her mom didn't go to church like would yell at her her husband for for going to church on a Sunday she would yell at him so I always wondered why that is and the only reason why I ask because like um part of like knowing who you are is like trying to understand your in- their entire identity and like who you are and um, what are the things that helps you right form your identity so going back um as you face being filipina have um have you ever uh, did you ever overcome like i think when i was young i have like like oh like we go through that phase i'm like who am i and stuff <laughs> i think now i kind of learn like where i'm called and like where i meet so as much as like i want to be like a part of like a lot of different like activism mobilizing myself and like focusing on my studies but then also being a part of like the community I kind of have to like create a balance so um I think I've discerned that for myself especially now with like quarantine there's only so much um news and information absorb in a day on the news like there's a lot of break of racism asian community especially our filipino what do you think is that balance that you need to attain for yourself like as you mentioned i think that balance that i have obtained for myself is like looking at from like a global perspective and because like globalization has already happened and it's like we're all unfortunately we're all connected now um to just i guess address the bigger like race i don't know colonialism i don't know i i feel like it always comes back to that when it comes to like reclaiming like your identity or figuring out who you are it's like breaking these like mental chains mental chains that were like placed on you mm-hmm. I don't know from like who or what <laughs> how I got to that con- conclusion yeah like I don't think I would have like made it to Hawaii if it hadn't been for like American conquest in in Southeast Asia. I think I would be here. I feel like my my life would be completely different. (laughs) 
so mm-hmm. I feel like yeah and I, I still like struggle to that struggle with that because like mm-hmm. I can I grow up here and then like I'm noticing like okay like English is my first language but then like when it comes to like an academic level and an educational mm-hmm. level um, I have to express myself in a certain way that academics will understand and that's appealing to like a whole other system of how Thomasites came to like the Philippines and educated the Filipinos there when after they signed their contract with Spain and it's like I think when you bring up that point like a lot of people when they think about colonialism um, they would first see it as um, that's the part where people kind of neg- negatively see how that's the reason why a lot of our Filipino community are losing their identity because we're kind of like in that like in the middle point I, I agree what does it mean for you when I saw do you reclaim your Filipino identity like what does it mean for us to reclaim our identity um, I think to reclaim our identity is to study like what exactly were the systems in place in the Philippines and um, I was just reading this for like one of my classes but in like the northern Luzon um, region a lot of like the um, the leadership in um, Bontok society was with women and I can kind of see that like in my um, family how that plays out um, my mom is always like I feel like I grew up in a very matriarchal household and I think I see it translate more so within my own family so I guess that's where I struggle with a lot like in school with like you know having a patriarchal society where it's yeah. like, no, it's it's actually the quite opposite. So that's kind of like where I go to reclaim my identity. And of course, that is also with other like um, oppressed groups. And it's a lot that has to do with like, it's usually like the women and children first, you know, who are to face like the brunts of like war and like well, that kind of stuff. Or historically speaking, like, we see that happen. And now we see it, like, more on, like, the present day. There's a lot more people, like, especially our women, our our Pinais, that's trying to step it up and moving away from... It's not just about um, the male making all the decisions, but it's changing. Yeah, and it's it's really, like... Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up with, um, like, OFW. It's mostly, like, women that are sent away. That are... Well, they, like, elect or, like, they decide to, to um, service other countries um, in that way to provide for their households. And it's really, like, saddening because the same service or they're providing in the other in a foreign country is what their own families are missing out on and it it creates the idea of like self-sacrificing i think it's called utang loob it's it's like a yeah yeah that it's it's kind of like ingrained in you that that's what you have to do and i think like from a a young age like a lot of um filipinos like 
realize that they have like for themselves like that self-sacrificing part of having to create your life or create or to be whole in in life you know it's like uh, and more, more so like when you bring that up like i remember the second mental health workshop um i really wish you were able to be there but um jay talked about um that term utang na loob and how our Filipino women especially um they undergo a lot of stress and um they do so much for the family but when the children's on the other side they don't understand what's happening they get to miss out on the children's growth and like you make a perfectly good point on that yeah it's kind of like sad saddening I think like in there was this thing it was like um in mentorship there's like one who upholds like the authority and then one who upholds the household but at the same time like you can't be both and I think with that you you kind of have to to play like both roles for yourself and it's like it shouldn't be that way but at the same time it is and I think I realize that for myself as well like do I want to up like with like my career path do I want to go like this or for my identity am I like this authoritative person or am I more so like this this person that would like uphold like the household or like and stuff and I I feel like I'm much more like the latter like but then at the same time like grew up around like these strong Filipino women and it, it like yeah I don't know the household is meant to be like that and just going back to like the studies of the tom of what the thomasites like notice is like Mm -hmm. they didn't like that the woman even though they were like very strong matriarchal figures they they didn't like that they were bossing around the men but then there was a balance to it that men provided in their own right and they were there were at the end of the day they were like warriors and they were hunters when it came to it and that's yeah <laughs> you're absolutely correct um i think it comes to the idea of like men men's pride like it's not just about like they don't like being told what to do it's just that they have a heart they, it's their cuz men filipino men like the stereotype like filipino men does really want to take away their pride that makes sense yeah and there's now like in like cartoon i think not cartoon i think folklore is like um gabriella silong like that's a, a really good um model of like a female a filipinae because she was one she is a she's a warrior and she really embodies a great example you know from about her no i haven't but yeah um gabriella salong she was an anti-colonial fighter and she was known in the um ilocano ilocano region ilocos region uh, but going back to you personally um what is like your ultimate goal um in the Phil Am community, especially now that you're graduating this year? Um, uh, or in, 
I I think the fall. Fall. Oh, okay. I think. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I think I my goal in the Phil M community is to further like I guess recognize the impact um American imperialism had and there's actually a quote so it's from Judy Celine Inc from um, bearers of benevolence and she says I have no answers in the end I find myself right where I started like the Saragal priest I I recommend an exorcism what needs to be exercised though is not the devil but colonia- colonialism as the devil <laughs> it's so but I feel like um, once we recognize this and like the and like the racist sentiments that comes along with it and like I feel like recently I've been seeing a lot of like divisiveness when it comes to like race or like when it comes to like the the color of our skin and like now it's like how how dark are you and like me equates to like how Filipino you are I don't know I don't know but I I hope like we could I that's what I would like to see is that I think if we keep like hounding at each other and being divisive with within our own community we're no better than the people that colonized us in the end yeah <laughs> again that's a really another um one of a com- common talks when it um when it comes to um people in uh con- continental state a lot of there's a lot of stigma is that the right word about our the color of our skin you have yeah. to be a certain color to be Filipino, like if you're dark skin, you're Filipino. Uh, if you're light skin, like that kind of. A- I am on Twitter. I saw um, Pinay shooted uh, on like the the entire definition of what does it mean to be mestiza, morena, about those. And when you bring that up, like that makes it more clear now. Oh yeah, yeah. Twitter is such like a, a very like I don't know. It's such an interesting place. There's so much like information on there. But at the same time, it's also, like, you have to remember, it's, like, people's commentary and it's, like, mm-hmm. people's thoughts. So it's, like, uh, It's, like, those, like, yeah. torn, the torn apart. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, a double-edged sword. Because when you, when you bring that up, it's, like, sometimes, like, like, that's also, like, do I, do I take the time to, like, reply to this person and, like address that it's wrong or like do I just leave it go leave it be because like that's like that 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 mentality is is foreign to Filipino society like if we were to prior to colonization like mm-hmm. I don't think the color of your skin it, it shouldn't matter but it does matter in in the in the context and like the society that we live in but yeah it, it all panders to colonialism at the end of the day i don't know <laughs> um, but did you did you personally struggle th- with that like your the, your color of skin when it comes to your identity have you personally struggled with that i mean yeah like i've definitely been called like dark before like i've definitely have been called the n-word before I mean, I don't know it, and it it's 
you know, I'm like, I'm not black, but unfortunately it like, like if this is like the type of racism I would have to go through as just being Filipino, I, I can't imagine like what black people have to go through on like a daily basis. So it's once like I, I realized that it's not just about me anymore, like black people like are being like their lives are being taken on the same like just by like walking on the sidewalk it's like um I don't know if like I want to have like the color of my skin validated by people on the internet and I don't know like I like there's an appeal to like lighter skin features and but like grow up in the Philippines and then you watch like primetime television and like all the characters all the people on there are very light skin and if they're not light skin they're portrayed as like a poor character or or whatever and even like within my own family I've I've had relatives called me call me like the n-word and it's like no you can't say that just because like I'm darker it doesn't it's it's racist and like I'd have to explain to them what race racism is and it's like did I it's it's never ending <laughs> at that point quote that I I saw two years ago um Asian p- people tend to get the sampler plot of racism where um it's they get the mozzarella sticks of being new free-loading immigrants we get the potato wedges of being communist enemies of the free world few buffalo wings of segregation in internment camps and then to top of that a lot of critics are saying asian get white privilege like in all seriousness what other ethnic groups in america get to try every kind of stereotype and what other ethnic group gets to try the whole menu and like that kind of passes down to us as Filipinos. Like we we get that st- yeah. we get that platter of racism. It's funny because it's it's like we're being handed like this privilege, and it's like I don't know. I guess it's a ongoing debate and ongoing thing that we have to not live with. But if we don't fix it now, like try to learn from our the mistakes of our ancestors, then we're gonna continue to keep living like this. We see yeah. the example of America today, like. There's, there's constant, um, never-ending racism because they don't learn from the past. They just continue to do what they think is right. And it's actually, uh, and they're not learning from what, what, they, what they did a thousand years back then. Yeah. And, yeah, even, like, when you just look at the accounts of, like, how they classified Filipinos, it was meant mm-hmm. to be, like, classist. It was meant to be racist in that way. So once we like, I don't know, unlearn that, it, I don't know, where do you go from there? And to make it a little more lighter note, um, is there any future um, plans that you have um, to continue to be more invo- um, involvement with our film community, uh, especially with Anakbayan and all the other organizations that you're a part of? Um, I'd hope to, like, discuss, like, intersectionality and the importance that, that, how important it is, um, when it comes to organizing and, like, when it comes to, 
like really unpacking what exactly like the patriarchy is is about I don't know like I feel like for so long like women have been like have been on the front lines for so long I feel like I would want to like give my support to them in as much as possible in in many ways that I can because you know like I'm also a woman so I would I would want the same for myself um as I grow older for future women to to come to my aid because I mean that's what it's really like all about like like if we like there it wasn't just like one woman like running the whole show you know it was like a village of women like keeping like keeping like not just like one household together but multiple households together and that's like what it means to be a community i think yeah that the concept of like maki sama huh <laughs> like, the concept of like just being in one solidarity yeah and to transition for that are you going to the virtual event of um hawaii workers center on may 1st um i think so yeah But I will also be attending the same event. One oh. of a friend from SoCal, she recommended this event. She met you guys, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, she's part of um, NCPASA's group. And then she asked me if I knew you guys. Um, any of you guys, um, any of, uh, every one of you guys, the officers for Doc Bayan. Oh, who is this? Um, her name is Cami. Cami. Oh, I, I don't know. Cami oh, Yamamoto. Or she met some of you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure my, um, oh, yeah, I, I think Yoko, but or one of our members knows who that is. Yeah. But yeah. Just wanted to bring it out up there. I um if you were going. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's um been um yeah there yeah, there's it's been um talked about a lot um for us to attend um since um a lot of people are unemployed right now. Um and especially Are you working? Student workers. Um, no, not right now. Um, my place of work is an essential business. However, um, I opted to not work. Um, because for your, for your own. Yeah, because um, even though yeah, so it's as it's an essential business, so clients are are able to come in. Um, but. Um, don't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I prefer oh, yeah. to, yeah, I, I live at home with, like, um, with my 
family, my extended family. So um, I don't want to compromise their health. Which is, um, that's the, the safety of it. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I guess, um, do you have any final last thought, thoughts? Oh, no. Um, uh, I, how have you been? <laughs> I have been okay. Um, just been finishing a lot of essays before the semester is over. Um, just trying to um, keep it sane as right. <laughs> the time goes by and just hoping that this entire quarantine is over. And I saw another poster, I mean flyer of let's end the lockdown, a couple blocks oh, of mine. And I'm just like frustrated because I know, I know, I know like I know the people that's doing this is just they're very ignorant when it comes to their health so trying to yeah. like <laughs> do you see that in any of your neighborhoods like any flyers that says end the lockdown um i've been seeing it more on, on social media and yeah it's like not good and i, I even see people like just walking around with no masks and I, I mean, I know it's, like, such a small thing to be, like, mm -hmm. concerned about, but really, it, it really does lower your your uh, chances, your percentages of getting infected by so much. But, I mean, I don't know. I, no, no, no one here has got the virus, so that's good, but it's... I mean, there's there there have been people already that have already caught the virus twice, so it's just... Like, yeah, I think we should continue to be un in quarantine until we... Mm -hmm. But um, safe, to bring but... it back, how are you doing, though? Um, I'm doing pretty good um, in quarantine as well. Only doing essential business. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah. Well, the next time that we do get to meet, I hope I get to meet you again in person. Hopefully, at actual physical graduation. Oh yeah! Do you graduate this year? I graduate next semester, so fall. Um, okay. I'm double majoring. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh okay. So oh, we graduated around the same time. Yay! Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Um also um keep keep on the lookout on Instagram. We're actually planning on a mental health workshop check-in for oh, just oh. I'll fill up the um maybe not in connection with Philograd um aside because we feel like it's so important right now. But yeah, oh, just keep oh. yeah, keep a lookout on that one. We're in oh, the works yes. of planning it. Nice. And, to end, um, one word that describes your Filipino identity. Um, oh, 
I think one word that describes my Filipino identity is, um, I don't know, fluid. I don't know. That's like the first thing that, that popped into my head because um, I guess fluid, um, like water, um, because like, I don't know, some people will say Filipinos don't e- like the people don't exist outside of being like a Filipino like a Philippine citizen um, but I don't want to deny people who have ancestral history um, to the Philippines and have made their way um, to other places and even yeah I think uh, to, to recognize the, the struggles of others around me are the same as, uh, um, like, would be the same struggles in the Philippines. I think that um, makes, is what comes to mind. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, it's who you who you ident- uh, who you um describe yourself to be what do you describe yourself to be and that's really valid thank you for that thank you for being on my podcast oh, um, no thank you <laughs> it's really amazing really hearing you guys' story because it really does play a big role in trying to when we reclaim our identity it helps us redefine our own culture our culture to to help it um, shape it to a better future for the next generation that's what's like most important is like how how will this affect the ones that um, will come after us you know because mm-hmm. we won't know <laughs> mm-hmm. and the only thing we can do right now is to not to just be to do what our ancestors may have failed to do and to just live on their legacy and heal those that came before us because we are the future. Exactly. And I can't wait to hear what we do together as a Filipino community in this diaspora. I know that your organization will... We'll, we'll thrive and it's gonna do amazing things. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're still um, in the, well, yeah, we just launched um, last month. Um, but um, yeah, we're with the whole pandemic, we're just hoping that everyone is safe and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're doing as much outreach as we can and participating in. Um, as much um, conversation as we can and um, to realize or um, you know to get the ball rolling going forward um, you know once um, we are um, out of quarantine or like you know it's not going to be the same after this so yeah we're just Um, yeah.
it's not that it's gonna be better than what it was before yeah that's that's our hope and to 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 you know be um a critical part of the community especially like in Hawaii like there's so many Filipinos here that I think it it's time <laughs> we yes, it is. we learn about ourselves <laughs> in a in an authentic way you know yeah and we're the only Filipinos that has the most Ilocanos in compared to any other states that's funny <laughs> actually yeah so I feel like it's the time is now to just yeah it's Hawaii's time <laughs> yay because you hear about California now it's Hawaii's time to step it up yeah I mean I, I don't know I I don't know much about California but yeah I think Hawaii has is overdue for a For some things, for some change to take place, for sure. Especially with, yeah, the overthrow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I guess totally related note, Hawaii, Hawaiians and Filipinos, they have similar, they're very similar. Yeah, they have the same... Yeah, same, same goals. Even um, the um, some activist groups from Hawaii have studied like societies um, in the Philippines to help better shape their their um, their sovereignty movements here. So I think revisiting like things um i mean back in the philippines is not such a a far-fetched idea no matter how many people try to invalidate like like people i don't know i i feel like um when i talk about it i get invalidated a lot i feel like it's not really such a far-fetched idea there are several sovereign regions in the philippines although they do get policed and um, experience more militarization. I they still exist, you know. It, yeah. Um. Thank you again. Um. I really appreciate you. Um. I really enjoyed hearing your story. I can't wait for the day that uh, we get to meet in person and continue to have conversation because, uh, you really have ideas that change thank you yes let's um keep in touch uh, i always um well we, we still dm each other but <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i have your number now so i'll text you and so that wraps up episode 12 on reclaiming Filipinx identity if you want to keep in touch with clarissa i will link her social below and if you want to keep in touch with the nakbai in hawaii here then follow Anakbai in Hawaii on Instagram. Also, we'll be linking down their socials on our description. And lastly, if you want to continue to keep in touch with me, follow me on Reclaiming Filipinx Identity on Instagram. And 
without further ado if you have any more questions in regards to my entire platform please reach out to me on instagram and email we'll be leaving that on the um, description and as always Yamanak thank you for listening to my podcast and see you guys to the next episode which I wonder who will that be bye guys